This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider! Yes, what is going on, BeatSourcers? What's happening, everybody? How you doing? I'm here. I'm, I'm a little tired. I'm a little wrecked, okay? I just got back from Vegas. I don't know if you can see it in my eyes or people listening can hear it in my voice. I'm falling apart, guys. But I'm still here for you, okay? And I got a lot of stories. Um, I need to dedicate an entire episode to all of the insane stories from me DJing the Netflix Cup. If you go tune in on Netflix, there was something called the Netflix Cup. It had F1 drivers and PGA Tour golfers. They were competing together. It was hilarious. It was crazy. I got to DJ on the third and fifth hole and be part of this whole process. And a lot went into it. We actually are going to put out a video, like a gig log, of showing all the different things that went into it and what I had to deal with. Um, it was, you know, once in a lifetime crazy experience. So I want you guys to hear about it. Um, we'll put out that video and I'll let you know. Um, but now I got to talk to you about the podcast. But before we get into that, I got to let you know this podcast is brought to you by BeatSource, BeatSource Streaming. That's what you got to use. You can DJ from the cloud. There's an offline locker if you do not have internet access. So you could have all the music downloaded, even though um, it's inside your computer in the locker. We've got expertly created playlists. We've got every genre. We got edits and things that no other record pools have. So go check it. Beatsource.com. Start your free trial. Let me know what you think. I love it. I've been utilizing it. I used it at the Netflix Cup, baby. Come on. How much bigger can you get? Um, all right, you guys, today, let's talk about the guest. We got someone who plays many roles. He's a producer, a songwriter, a DJ, and an engineer based out of San Francisco. He's the in-house producer and engineer at Empire Records. I have heard that their studio is mind-blowingly dope, so I need to go check that out. His records have been supported by some of the most reputable DJs in the game, like Diplo, Walshy Fire, Major Lazer, Little John, DJ Mustard, to name a few. His music production and engineer credits extend to Bay Area legends like E-40 and Too Short, G-Eazy, Stunnaman, Sada Baby, Lil John, Kamaya, YG, Chris Brown, Justin Bieber, just to name a few. And now he, you hear about in this episode, but he's working with tons of um, amazing Afrobeats artists. Uh, like Asha K, Fireboy, and more. He's producing dance records. He's remixing these Afro beats into Afro House records that are really dope. Um, on this episode, we discuss how his producing has led him to be DJing more. So I know a lot of times you talk to DJs that go into producing, but this is almost the opposite in a way. And um, now he's DJing all the biggest clubs in San Francisco. He's, um, you know, they're working. Dirty Bird is now part of Empire Records, so he's been doing these dance music festivals. You'll hear all about it on this episode. It's very interesting. A ton of valuable lessons and experience um, that he has gained on this show. We are able to put into this episode. I think you're going to love it. This man is DJ City Family, and I'm so glad he made the trip to be on the show. So please welcome Clayton Williams. Um, yo, we're here. It's the 20 podcast, and I'd like you guys to welcome to the show Clayton William. What's up, baby? Bye, bye, bye. Spider, what's up, my man? 
What up? Yo, thank you for being here. Hell yeah, it's an honor, man. Appreciate yeah. it. You know, we just, uh, not to brag, but we just got our coffees delivered by the legendary DJ White Shadow, One right? One of the best producers ever. And he's right out here, guys. He's just... Bringing us coffee. Look you know, at that. You know what's a trip is he told me about this AI program that he was yeah. launching like a year and a half ago. And now right. that shit's out. And we just made a beat together on AI. So, oh, <laughs> damn. That's crazy. I want to hear it. No, he, I've seen him talking about it like online. I want to, I want to learn more about it. Like, that's Dude, cool. everybody can produce now. Everybody can make beats. And have you seen that other AI one where you can drag in any sound and it'll replicate it right away? It's like a plug-in. Yeah, Sin Plant or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I downloaded right? it. I didn't use it yet. I haven't used it either, but <laughs> that's crazy. Dude, nuts. So you could just take like the, you know, what, a two short song, like boom, 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 right. boom. And then Give me this bass line. It'll just make right. it. I, I'm assuming, yeah, it takes, I, again, I don't know exactly yeah, how it works. That's but crazy. Yeah. Well, and I want to check that White Shadow one. That That's nuts. Yeah, yeah we got We got some some people in the office, some legends, but- we got Clayton William here. He came down from the Bay. What's happening? We got a lot to talk about. Really appreciate you taking the time. And um, like we were saying, too, you have a, a one-month-old. So yeah, it's a, baby girl. a lot of um, congrats. Uh, you. you know, and it's a lot of, you know, it takes a lot to come down, you know, and you got a lot going on in your life like that. Yeah. So thank you, man. Um, so, yeah, how how are you feeling today? Man, I'm great. I'm excited to be out here. I mean, you know, I think the biggest transitional things with having yeah. a newborn is you got to kind of pause things for a little bit. Yeah, you do. So I've been itching to kind of get back to work. I've got right. a lot of dope stuff like on the table that I've been trying to, you know, doing phone calls and yeah. putting stuff together at home, but it's good to be back out in LA. You know, right. like I was out here for seven years and then moved home back to the Bay during the pandemic to go take this job slash position with empire right and, uh, right yeah so let's let's hear more about that so yeah. i guess before we get into it um yeah you want to tell people a little bit about how you got started or you know what what you're into now man um i mean shout out to the dj city beat source beatport family you know like yeah. um like you know it was about um you know i'd always been making music mm -hmm. um i started in radio so that's how i kind of like okay learned about dj and you're and, from the bay yeah born and raised in san jose california um worked for iheart up in oh. san francisco um and you know um i got to learn we didn't have like record labels in the bay at the time so right. radio was like the next closest thing to just getting around the music yeah so i'd be working in radio during the day or night and then my off time i'd be in the studio or at clubs with my dj friends right you know um and then long story short like you know west coast hip-hop was you know i grew up during the hyphy era you know right. um so i learned how to make hyphy beats but i always was i was going to either hip-hop events yeah or i was going to raves yeah you know and you know then i also grew up on alternative music and my dad liked the Beatles. My mom liked right. Stevie Wonder. And so I just had this, you know, and then San Jose, where I'm from, is like the hub of like Latin music in the Bay. Mm -hmm. So a big plethora of music that I just grew up around. Right. So I grew up liking all these different styles of music. And I think that's what kind of piqued my curiosity as I got into production more. I'm learning these different styles and then going to different parties with my DJ friends. And then I start dabbling in the DJ stuff, mm -hmm. you know. So, I mean, that's kind of the beginning Right, phases, right. You know, that's dope. And so I know, like, yeah, because I remember seeing your name. I mean, I knew, I knew you as a producer. Like, I remember seeing your name on the 
the collaborations with like E Rock and different people. And I think we have other mutual friends that come from the Bay and yeah. um, do production. And so, and I think, you know, before we got into it, we were having an interesting conversation about how you've always been into DJing and production, but the way that it's gone now, you've been making so much stuff that has led you to go back into DJing and you've had yeah. to kind of learn more aspects of DJing to be able to perform your music and yeah. do things at festivals and different yeah. things like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's been, I mean, my story is probably reversed from maybe like yours where you're like, yeah. you're this, you know, multi-dimensional DJ scratch. Like you play all these genres right. and you're a fucking pro at it. Right. <clears throat> For me, it was like, as I started to jump into the, like the EDM or remix space, then I started getting hit up by promoters to come and play. So I had to figure that shit out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Of course. And thank God, like, you know, shout out to like, you know, some of my friends, DJ E-Rock or Romeo or Jay Espinosa or Miles Medina, yeah. like legendary Bay oh. Barrier DJs, Jazzy Jim, Alex Mejia. Um, like I've grown up, I've had so many dope DJ friends that the bar has been set very high. Yeah. You know, so I just, you know, you, you want to get out there and perform, but, and do well and rock the crowd. And I've used, um, shout out to like, you know, rest in peace, a friend, uh, a friend of mine, DJ Leslie Perez, he passed away a few years ago. He actually taught me when I was like 21 years old. Like I thought I would hear an edit play on the radio and I thought he was doing all that shit live. Right. And come to find out he was making these edits, constructing them in production mm-hmm. and then blending them together. Right. And I was like, Oh, I can do that. Yeah. I can't cut like Jay's one of the best scratchers I've ever seen in my life. Right. But I can do that. Right. And so I took a different approach to DJing. Yeah. You know, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the key to all this. You know what I mean? You experiment with all the different things and then you slowly find the things that you're passionate about, that you feel like you can do, that you feel like you could add to that side of the culture and um, all that. I mean, and now you've produced, so many dope things, worked with so many dope artists, you know, some of the legends in the Bay and E-40 and all types of people. And, um, and now you're at Empire, which Empire seems like it's been exploding. I mean, right? Like over the past, I don't know how long, right? It's Uh, been a little over a decade. Yeah. I was going to say about 10 years, right? Yeah. Where it's really cemented itself. It started in the distribution marketing side. Okay. But now as a label, right? um, I think like, I mean, I think we're one of like, Eighth, um, don't quote me on this, but I think we're like the eighth largest music company in the world, like as far wow. as like catalog and market share. Um, and then as a label, um, it's been the last like four or five years. Like it's really, you know, from like Tiger Taste yeah, um, to now like, you know, Fireboy uh, Peru with Ed Sheeran. Oh, you know, huge. So multi-platinum, you know, records that have just. Yeah. And multi-genre. Exploded. I mean, yeah. when I heard yeah. they were like Empire, you know, has acquired Dirty Bird Records. And yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. And then I was even digging deeper into it. Like, wow, they're really versatile and diverse with the type of genres yeah. and artists they're working with. And I know you yeah. guys are huge in the Afrobeat scene, yeah. which. Yeah is now exploding in America, you know, and it's been bubbling for a while, but, um, you guys work with some of the top artists and, um, and then have the dance music stuff and the hip hop stuff and everything. Right. It's been really cool. Like this past month, we just released a compilation called house of empire and they launched it at ADE. Um, oh. in, in Amsterdam. Oh, dope. So, I mean, unfortunately, I couldn't go because my baby was being born like yes. literally that week. Well, that makes sense. But it was so cool to see because it was a project like a Shake, Fireboy, um, um, LAX. There's a handful of artists that are really 
blossoming in Africa, Europe, yep. and other parts of the world. And they, uh, it was like last year they came to, we had a writing camp in San Francisco. And so we wrote a bunch of these records that made their projects. And then this past like six months, we spent remixing them for this compilation that came out at ADE. Wow. And it was a house Afro house compilation, taking these songs and remixing them into the dance space. So it was really cool to see like how, cause our dance department is only like a year old. So it's still very young, Yeah, but it's cool to see us pulling together the resources within our ecosystem. Yeah. And then, I mean, Bro, to see like the promotion that happened at AD, I'm having FOMO at home, like holding my of course newborn, and I'm like, this is dope. Like they rented out like a cathedral <laughs> to throw this massive party at ADE to showcase the music, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're bringing out Dirty Bird DJs and other DJs from around different parts of the world. Yeah, and so I'm just grateful to like be a part of this ecosystem, this network, you know, right. this family of of creatives that we're, you know, shout out to Gazi and Nima and Tina. Like we have great leadership. Yeah. And it, that that trickles from the top down. Yeah, you know? so I'm sure it's fun. That's great. And yeah, those artists. I mean, those are everyone. You those three. You know, Afrobeats artists um, that you named alone are like staples in my set at uh, this place, fl- the Floor Room. I do every week. Like I so, play all their stuff. You know, and so. every time I see them put out a new track, I'm playing them. Even the not like LAX has a bunch of tracks um, yeah. that I play. Dope. And yeah. um, of course, you know, Asha K and like yeah. all that stuff. So yeah. And Asha K and Fireboy and Illuminate. Fireboy, they like just, they just got nominated for a Grammy. It's amazing. Yeah, and I remember yeah, finding so. these Fireboy tracks maybe five years ago and being like, this yeah. is so dope. And yeah. I was playing them like at Highlight Room and pre pandemic, you know, yeah. and then to see where it's come, it's huge, you know? Yeah. And then I also really think that, um, house music from what I've seen just going out is, the, the kind of the tech house thing where they're remixing the R&B is slowly starting to fade out and be played out in a way because I feel like people right. did it. Unless you're doing it very tastefully and cool and good, it's being oversaturated. Right. But I'm noticing that Afro house, you know, is the thing that is on its right. way up. Right. Like, And you even see, like, David Guetta just come, came out of the track. He did. And it's like... And a lot of people that were just at... Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, crazy right? right? So, and the... A lot of the people that were at ADE, I think, you know, and I'm even getting requests from like random people coming up. Yo, you play Afro House, bro. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. That's how you know it's starting to trickle into more of the mainstream. And it's even in the dance music world, it's starting to infiltrate because I think it has a musical feeling to it that's different than the straight ahead like yeah, yeah i just took yeah. this loop off splice yeah. and i put it under it yeah. you know it's the drums are different yeah. you can the, dance the better tribalness yeah you know? i think like even skrillex had on his last project yep. he had a like an afro house track and i think like shout out to moody jones he executive produced that house of empire compilation like when i first got over to empire you know moody and i really hit it off because we're like dude we love just international music in general right and so he starts sending me like he turned me on to black coffee you know about Mm. four or five years ago and and so i'm like studying these like i'm a piano sets and i'm like dude where's the kick drum (laughs) like seven minutes will go by and again i love the genre and the space but i'm like now how do we take some of these vibes and make it palatable for per se our audience or, right. or like, like in San Francisco, like the tech house, deep house, like space, you know, like you mentioned dirty bird, like the kind of out there, you know, housey blippy you know, right. tech house sound. Um, like it's very, it's, it's been dominant since I was a, a kid. Yeah. You know? And I think dirty bird is known as one of the ones that do it from a, 
artistic, real standpoint. Right. Those people right. are not trying to make some, hey, I remix Ciara, let me see if I can get a billion streams. Right. Which is right. nothing wrong with either one, but right. I think they're like right. the real underground Correct. ones of it, right? And then I feel like my approach has kind of been like in the middle. Yeah. You know, we're like... Which I, is like, the, like you said, DJ City, we're making it palatable. Even like yeah. at Floor Room, I'll play... Yeah. Um, like Asha K, but then I'll do a blend using Serato stems and put Beyonce over it. Yeah. So like people yeah. are like, I think I know. Oh, I know this. Oh, but yeah. I still have the same beat. Okay, yeah. I'm back. Oh, yeah. it's Mona Lisa, but it has Drake over it. Oh, you know, right. and then you, right? Like you said, you make it palatable. You let the people that would go, what is this? This sucks. You know, give them yeah. something to feel like. Oh, I like it. Then slowly. They like all of it, you know? Exactly. So we're helping to, like, spread it into the... Right. And that's, like, the psychology of music, music. and how we get people to familiar, familiarize yeah. Their, yes. their taste, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, and essentially, like, that's that's how I looked at the Amo Piano Afro genre. I was like, right. look, I'm not from Africa, so I, it's, I can't... I'm not going to sit here and try to replicate... Um, like there's this producer magic. Like I got to work with him, like engineering and just kind of helping like them co-write with yeah. the shake and stuff. Um, but dude, so like it's in him, you know, like he is that sound, you yeah. know? So I'm not like, I'll give him ideas, yeah. but bro, like you're the sound. Like I'm yeah. not going to try to duplicate or replicate or copy what you're doing, mm -hmm. but Hey, let me study this. We can write songs together. Cause that I can, I can help kind of shape it for what, how it could, how it could work out here. Mm -hmm. But then, man, give me the stems. Yeah. And let me fuck it up for the dance floor. Right. You know? And and for what I know that our audience is going to like. Yes. And I think that's kind of been the fusion. And that was kind of like the the motivation behind this Afro House compilation. Yeah. And it's really cool to know, like, we're on the forefront of it just as a company yeah. and as a team. Um, yeah. And that shit's been exciting, man. So. That's great. That's super exciting. No, I love it. And I love, uh, it's just good music, a lot of it, too. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. not like... You're pushing something to some marketing team where it's like, it sucks. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I love this stuff. I, I will naturally share it with people. Like, that's yeah. the thing. I, some of the, I've had some of like Asha K's people and A&R people coming into Florida and being like, how do you know this stuff? Or why are you playing this? And I'm like, I don't know. I just literally find it and I like it. I'm just trying to share yeah. a good music with people. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I work with them or I work with Empire. Or, yeah. You know, different people have been in there and I'm like, it's dope, it's dope you know, because yeah. it's like, it's genuinely coming from a good place. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's almost like the new R&B Yes, and but, and it's easily mixed with the R and B, and there's yeah. something about the R and B that's getting a bit saturated too. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's yeah. doing R and B party, R and B, and like yeah. some of them have been doing it for a long time and are dope, and some yeah. of them are like just trying to latch onto the yeah the theme. I mean, you know? and I feel I mean coming from the Bay, I feel like West Coast R and B got really really ratchet for a while, <laughs> and so now it's like you know we can kind of we can bring the love back. Yes, a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you know? exactly. So. That's true. So so then what's your like role at Empire? How would you describe it? Matt, I mean, I'm an in-house producer, engineer, okay. and DJ for the company. You know, uh, it's been really cool. Not only being in the studio and like I got, you know, I've known little John for about seven, eight years because some of the remixes I had done, like yeah. I took some of his, him in too short, uh, Shake That Monkey. And that's how I, I got introduced to him as a producer DJ prior. But he just came over and did a project with us. And so little the, John did. Yeah. So we've actually put out two songs already. Uh, what we on with, so it's little John, uh, Pilo E 40 and Boy. Yeah. And then the second single that just came out is with this girl named Nai Nai, which is a hot female rapper from the Bay Okay. and little John. And then, 
I'm working on, I'm trying to work on some remixes for those to get those out into other spaces. You know? Um, and little John's always been an integral part of Bay area music, even though he's from Atlanta, but I mean, tell me when to go <laughs> and blow uh, the whistle, blow the whistle, yeah. like songs that never died. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that keep going to yeah. this day. Yeah, he's from know? Atlanta, but he's one of the biggest barrier producers ever. Yeah. yeah. And actually I can't go past us talking about this without shouting out Trackademics. Cause yeah. I, we were just talking about it. I was saying I did this gig in Vegas and Marshawn Lynch was going to be there. So I was going through all my old Bay area stuff and I was yeah. like trying to make a crate for him. And I found the Trackademics remix of tell me when to go speaking yeah. of little John and E40. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is classic. Like yeah. it just still brings back that, instantly yeah, like yeah. that feeling right when you hear it and the singing yeah. so shout to trackademics and that's what we were talking about earlier like i i, I love trackademics I actually just reached out to him you know last week um, yeah to, for this new project that we're going to be working right. on but he's like one of the few guys and he's been a huge inspiration in my career because he was he has classic bay area hip-hop records that he's produced mm-hmm. but he's also released on fool's gold done gigs with a track and he's done the spectrum as a producer dj right and I admire that. You know? Yeah, yeah. He he. That's what we were saying too. Is that that remix allowed "Tell Me When to Go" and the hyphy music to go into the banana split hipster hype machine kind yeah. of world in a way where yeah. it was like people were listening to Justice and all that, but then yeah. you could go into that kind of set, and then it was still working yeah. in that way where it was yeah. like yeah. on the dance floor and could be remixed and and then different people coming into it and even like with the chicago sound and the juke sound it was like right. all went together in this right. weird way that's dope yeah. yeah um so um so yeah what about like like the whole dirty bird thing like how did that um come about and how has that been with dirty bird and empire being together so i i mean before um before i took my role at empire um like I knew I needed to, to to get with a team. Like I was out in LA, like really kind of just moving around, like getting in where I could fit in. And, right. and, and you know, you know how it goes, bro. If you don't have like the the team that's really going to help you move into the places you want to get to, it gets yeah. it gets rough out here. Right. Um, so there's so many producers, so many artists, so, so many, many DJs. Right. And, and you have to kind of have these relationships. You need you, you need your team. And so it came to a point where I knew I needed. I needed a squad. I really need to commit to, you know, hey, who's been there for me? Yeah. For my damn near my entire career. Right. Um, and when I talked to, so I talked to Ghazi about, you know, hey, are you guys going to start your, they, they were just starting their publishing team, their publishing okay. team and the label. And so as I'm, I'm kind of vetting the situation, like making sure it's going to fit. Cause I didn't know if I wanted to leave LA yet. Like, right. It's so like, it's fun out here. You can go and work with a ton of people. But again, I knew I needed that, that team. So, but I'm hearing that this is on the forefront. Yeah. The dirty bird or, or there's a possibility that empire could get into the dance space. This lit me up because I'm like, Oh man, you're now taking both of my, like these, this is my, these are my two loves right. in music. I mean, I love a lot. Yeah, but you you've been known in your production. Every time I download it, it's hip hop elements, but it's dance floor based. A lot of your stuff, right? Yeah, it's very yes, very. I produce for the DJ. I produce it with 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 the mindset of how do I make people dance? Yeah, you know. And so as I'm hearing that this is a possibility, it was cool because I think I'm like I'm in the Bay at this time, like we're just like pandemic's kind of going on, but like Chris Lake's doing a show and. Chris Lake and Fisher are doing a show in the Bay and Moody takes Ghazi to see 
this show, and it's absolutely ape shit. Right. And Is that that one in the streets? Like in Oakland. Yeah, and yeah. You, it just looked like it was massive. There was like drone shots of just like sea of people. Yeah. And I think he got it at that point. You know, he's like, okay, because he, I think his, like, his approach might have been like house music can be great for remixing. Yeah. Some of our big songs. But I think once he's seen that and he went to the Dirty Bird campouts that were happening, okay. Um, he really got to see the culture. Yes. That, you know, Claude Von Stroke and, and or Barclay and the Dirty Bird team has built over a you know a decade plus yeah. of creating this community. Yeah. And it I think it really resonated not only with him but the whole team. And as I was hearing that that was about to happen, it just excited me because I was like, okay, this is it's one thing to try to make big songs and try to do the placement game. But at this stage in my life, I cared more about community. Yes. I just had a son, you know, at this time. Yeah. And I'm like, how can I really get rooted into something? So I don't feel like I'm chasing. So I feel like I can really like hone in on what, on my core values on what yeah. makes me authentic as, yeah. as an artist, as a That's producer, cool. as a DJ. And then it kind of, it, it was dope, you know? So the merger happens, we start empire dance and now we're into this, you know, dirty bird is dirty bird. They have their brand. And then, um, we just, we just, uh, they just announced the deal with, are you familiar with Aluna? Of course. So she yeah. used to go she by was on the podcast. She's freaking phenomenal. Oh yeah. She's amazing. Um, like to me, she's the queen of, like modern dance music right now. Super dope. Um, yeah. You know, I've been a fan of her since, you know, Luna George and the DJ Snake kind yep, of same. era. Yeah. And then watching her explode over this this transition of dance music and where it's at, she's really like a pioneer. I agree. And so we did a deal with her label. Oh, dope. And so she, um, yeah, it's, um, you have to go to her page to check out the name. I think it's like Nor Noir Fever. Um, but they just did the first release, like literally like last week. Amazing. And so it's like, it's cool to see the umbrella of Empire Dance, like going after like labels. We also have uh, the Martinez brothers out of New York. We're doing a project with them. Yeah, they're super dope. You know, they're out in Ibiza playing. Mm -hmm. And then we started this um, kind of su this sub label called Disposable Records. And it's like a di disposable camera. Like that's kind of like the whole theme. Oh, like, okay. I was yeah. wondering. Yeah, I, I'd heard of it. I wasn't sure. And well, the cool thing about it is like now this is an opportunity because like each one of these labels that they're bringing on kind of have their own lane. Yeah. And this particular sub label is about just finding new hot stuff. Right. So it's kind of like an opportunity for the new DJ producer to get heard or put being be put through the system. Or it might be maybe an off brand thing that a producer's doing and they're just like, Hey, let's get it out. Yeah. Or samples and there's hella samples in it. And you know, hey, they might not do a full release on it, but let's do a SoundCloud campaign, see if it hits. And if it hits, then we can go get samples cleared. Right. So it's stuff like that. And you know, so it's cool to be be at the ground level of yeah. of where that's going. That's really cool. Yeah, and it's a great concept, too, just to be able yeah. to give people that musical freedom that they need without the insane pressure that's always on, like, will this be worth the marketing dollars? Yeah. Yeah. And like you yeah. said, or do things with samples that might hit or might not, not right. worry about, oh, we got to go through all the legalities and the right. time, put it out on SoundCloud, see if it resonates with DJs, and then yeah. it's like, oh, shit, we got to yeah. bounce with it, rock with it, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's yeah. clear that. Yeah. But, and you could run it through the record pools yeah. and at least kind of see, like, you could test market it and see kind of like yeah. what's the temperature. Um, and then I think another cool element is we started a party. So we were on our second one. Um, it's called No Pressure. Like, oh. I'm like, dude, like, I'm about to have a baby. Like, I kind of don't want, like, I need to kind of, I don't want to be out 
and be worrying about trying to book gigs right now. Yeah. But I still want to like do something for our community in San Francisco and get yep. the DJ homies together. Like, but I want it to be about the music. Mm-hmm. I don't want no pressure. Right. And so as I'm talking to to Moody um, about like what we're gonna like what he's like, what do you want to call it? And he's, and I say those two things, and he's like, and he's like, well, let's call it that. And I'm like, what about the music? He's like, no, no pressure. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's tight. And so we started a no pressure party. And so it's literally about the DJ producer community coming together in San Francisco. Right, right now it's once a month, mm-hmm. but it's like, hey, come through, play your stuff, and if they like it, fuck, let's sign it. Right, you know, and let's get it out. Let's test it. Let's see what's going on. Um, and so yeah, it's cool to be a part of building the community. Yeah, you know, it's such a good uh, title because it just you instantly feel a little bit more relaxed as a DJ or producer right. coming into it. Right. You know, you're just like, right. Yo, I'm going to do this party, but you know, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> but then of course, me like two hours before the set, I'm like, so much pressure. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. What edits do I got to make to make this shit tight? You know. But it's dope. It's a dope name. Yeah. It's catchy, and it and it goes with the theme yeah. of it. And um, yeah, that's really cool. And then you know, hopefully, eventually, we'll be able to bring it down here. Yeah, and, and expand it into other markets. Right. But Have the an whole, ADE. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the, but with the whole goal of hey, let's the the DJs who are making music, let's mm-hmm. let's give them a hub. Let's give them a channel to yeah. Put their, put their stuff out. Right, because it does get very, like, clicked up or, like, very small or only the big people are allowed to do things. And right. it's hard. And, and even people don't have that much room to experiment musically anymore that much, right. you know. And that's, I right. think, why a lot of DJs even are like, well, I'm not a producer. I don't know. You know, and it's like, well, right. you should be able to, like, work on it if that's your goal and go into that mode. And then the same right. way you're like, I want to get better DJing and do these gigs and pr- yeah. play these things that I'm making, you yeah. know. yeah. So yeah, that that's that's really cool. Um and what about um and what but so how did you become the in-house DJ producer, you know, all that stuff? Was it kind of what you were saying where you were seeing what they were doing with the dance thing? Was that the way you So I mean, I came think into it? at first it was got, like they started building the studio in San Francisco. We've got a beautiful facility. Oh my god, I've heard there. only the best thing. Like it's, I've heard like it's amazing. It's dope. It's like a whole, when you say compound, this is a compound. Like right. there's right now there's, check it right now there's three studios. There's about to be five. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a full kitchen where like when we do these writing camps, we'll have a chef come in. There's an, a secondary kitchen, which all the goodies and snacks, there's yeah. a dining room area for, you know, you can sit, wow. sit down and be served. There's a theater room. There's a bedroom out, upstairs. So it, it, it's a pretty dope compound. Um, so initially it was to come back and help, like help get this thing going. Yeah. And, um, when this opportunity came and this is in San Francisco, in San Francisco. Wow. Yeah. Like right in the heart of it's cool SF. to know too. Cause you hear so much about like San Francisco's dead or whatever, you know, from all these people. And I know it's having its issues, but I mean, obviously there's still things that are growing and thriving there. You know, I mean, when I, when I was a kid going to San like San Francisco was the place to go yeah. for all of Northern California when I was growing up. Um, definitely. I think there's for, you know, political reasons or, or Google's there. And yes. so they're buying all this stuff, all the property up. It got really expensive to live. You know? Yeah. Um, however, it's like, a, it's almost like an empire mission. Like, it's like Ghazi's mission statement is like, I'm born and raised in, in San Francisco. I'm going to make this place great. Yeah. And so it's about 
you know, he bought a club down the street. He's figuring out how to, you know, the office is in downtown. The studio is like 15 minutes, like, you know, by where the, where the giant stadium is. So he's, he's going to find, he's working with um, the city to figure out how to create the ecosystem to make it economically work. Mm -hmm. So there is, so the, so it can thrive. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, to, to each his own, I'm sure like the younger kids probably don't know, but I know what it, once was yeah and you know but it can get back there you know yeah. um but yeah so like i i come into the situation like to help get the studio running and i'm i'm multi-versed in all production so i'm kind of like a swiss army knife when it comes to just playing my role in projects right right um and then and then but we're in covid at the time so i'm like cool this is a perfect opportunity for me to like dive in learn the label app yeah. dynamics because that's something i never really pr- like kind of I, like when I was out here, like I just wanted to go out and play and DJ yeah. and I wanted to be in the studio and make music. Yeah. And if I could get placements on labels or placements with artists, like that was just a part of the process. Right. But it wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to learn the label dynamics, the politics, the infrastructure, like how does this ecosystem work to market and push it out to Africa, to Europe, to Asia, to South America. And so I, I took the COVID downtime to really kind of learn how those things were set up. And then when we came out of COVID, like, so the Mahomie Alon, who goes by DJ soul seven. Um, we have a lot of DJs in the company too. You know, yeah. um, he runs our Latin department. He's like our head A&R for the Latin side. And so him and I start like a Latin infused EDM event party, um, coming out of COVID and Stacy Cunningham, she's, you know, she handles a lot of our events. So like, she starts booking us to do stuff. And I'm like, damn, this is kind of cool. Like, Hey, these corporate gigs are pretty nice too. Yeah. And then, um, the dirty bird team does, uh, does a festival, how weird festival in San Francisco. And they book us along with some of the dirty bird acts. So right. it's been cool to just like, they're very supportive on they you know, they see us working towards something or the team sees us working on something where we're vocalize about it and what we're trying to do. And man, like it's, again, it's a blessing to have a team. Yeah. And a team of people that all are playing their different roles and positions. Right. And like, I, we're, there's no limitations, I think, besides the one you put on yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a very creative environment where as long as you're on your, you know, you're on your P's and Q's and you're trying, you're trying to do something good and, yeah. and, and, and represent the team properly. Yeah. Um, I've been able to get that support and I'm super thankful. You That's know? dope. So like, what does that average day look like? as the in-house producer, like do you have to be there all day or is it just like you guys figure out when you have sessions? Yeah. Um, so our, our head of studio management is her name's Lola. Um, she comes from Dr. Dre's camp. She was Dr. Dre's chief engineer for the last three or about four years. She got has Grammys with Anderson pack and crazy. So it's like, so she kind of knows what she's doing. She kind of knows what she's doing. <laughs> um, so she gets brought in to manage the processes. Right. And I'm super thankful that she does that because I don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> you mean in terms of what? Just administrative or booking or? or Yeah. So like there's a process like, like you can't just rent the studio out. It's got to be like it comes in from an a r Okay. A project gets scheduled. There might be a writing camp built around the project or some sessions booked around the project. The, the A&R will, requ- will request like what writers, producers, engineers and stuff that they want involved in that project. Okay. Um, I'm very thankful like to be requested and be continuously. So put. you're on the list of people that can be requested. I mean, they could bring in anybody they want. Right. Okay. But I mean, you know, everything's a relationship and you know, I've been doing this for 
you know, while right. 13 years. So I'm thankful that I have a decent track record to, right. you know, Hey, like, like they trust you and they're like, listen, we need yeah. Clayton in here. Yeah. For, this, yeah. for all of these different types of projects is he'll know how to yeah. handle all this. And that's how it's been. That's how it was through COVID. So I use COVID to really kind of like show everybody like, like Tina Davis was, you know, she managed and discovered Chris Brown and right. she's like, she's now the president of empire and oh. she's, a massive influence. It's cool to see how many women are at Empire, actually. She's a boss. There's, like, a yeah. lot. Like, because a lot of the people I meet, too, that I say approach me at gigs sometimes are like, oh, I'm this, I'm that. I'm from Empire, and it's, like, yeah. women a lot of yeah. the time. You we know? have a very diverse team. I and, know. And Gazi's great. permanently, like, he's on purpose made that a priority. It seems like it. And yeah. it, I think that's important, you know, because yeah. it tends to be the guys club sometimes with things and we're just used to it. And you know, like we're, and so I think it's important to branch out. Who are we, who are we really playing for or making music for? Thank you. (laughs) Women, right? At all Um, times. But like, yeah, when I got into the system, like Tina was somebody I really wanted to build with just because of my massive respect for her. Right. And, um, you know, so it was just, again, COVID was an opportunity to kind of show people what I was capable of. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then as we roll out of, of COVID these events start popping up and I'm like, yo, like I want to do that too. And I get back into my DJ bag. But then like, I really like remixing is a huge passion of mine. So Mm -hmm. I've kind of take, I've made that a heavy priority to like, just be uh, present Right. For those opportunities. Right. Well, I even heard like on DJ city, you just put out that new Afro, the the house uh, remix of the Afro beats. Yeah. Um, song i was listening to it on the way here but it was, it, yeah yawa by uh yeah yawa by, um by fireboy fireboy right yeah yeah, yeah it was dope and Thank i could you. hear and that's probably similar to the stuff you're doing on the compilations and stuff like that right yeah i mean they're bringing in different producer producer djs um like night tales is from florida they have like okay. a more kind of soulful house vibe right um yeah there's a bunch of um yeah there's guys from the uk there's guys from you know egypt africa wow. he, he, different parts of the states so there's there's a lot of different people that they're bringing in to really make it like an international thing right yeah and you work so to do a lot of the african artists come out to the studio and you'll like record them and work with them in person they have um like for instance uh ashake like um we recorded like his album just came out man i did like a half a billion streams in like the last like throughout the summer it's insane and that lonely at the top song is huge right right so i worked on that oh that's and, amazing um, that's one of the biggest songs isn't there a new remix with some fe- someone featured her yeah her i yeah. got I, this morning my i woke up and like my email like i all these different yeah. music promotion companies it's yeah. like uh sending me that song with yeah. her on it yeah it just came out and then um there's also another dance remix um that oh. moody jones and myself got to work on that's great so yeah it's you know it's yeah. it's really cool to see because in in san francisco like that's not a common thing like but gazi's making it a point to bring these big artists from different parts of the world to the bay so we can right. build our ecosystem up there yeah because it's huge in england i mean like d james was on the show and like he made a bunch of edits of there and he right. dj'd for Ashake like yeah. out in uh africa you know yeah. and his he did like a, a video that went viral for him yeah with a bunch of his songs yeah i saw that, that was fire yeah you know? and he was he he tells a story on here about working with him out there and he was just like oh shit like <laughs> yeah crazy um yeah it's cool to see the connection and and yeah i mean because when i was in london last summer i saw like oh my god like afrobeats is massive you know even the past two summers i got to go and see and i was like 
it's crazy how big it was out there, you know, and to see it bubbling out here. And now it just feels like it's, you know, just the whole global music scene. You know, it's yeah. all coming together. Like now yeah. we're playing a song from every country in a way or every different, yeah. you know, type of music and genre. It's all like yeah. mixing together. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love that, you know. Um, yeah. Like just culturally, like I'm I'm biracial, I'm multicultural. So right. it's I love seeing the diversity in music and you know, but again, good music wins if he's the soul. Yes. You know? And then if you can make people dance even better. I know, I know. And I think that's what <laughs> what, what Afrobeats and all that has going for it. You know, there's no set tempo. There's no set yeah. anything. You know, and it could yeah. be, there's no set lyrics or vibes. You know, it's just a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, so it can, as a DJ, you can be a, a versatile, diverse DJ with just still that one genre. You know, the... Yeah, African, I guess. Yeah, influence. I mean, some. Uh, I'm really passionate about blending, blending it all together. Like, yeah, me like too. to me, seeing like, um, you know, like just like how Latin music had blown up. Now you're, we're seeing Afro, you know, the Afrobeat stuff blow up. Yeah, but that's why I love per se dance music or electronic music so much because, bro, I could take a rock record, and like I was taking a Killers record the other day and right. saying like, how can I create turn remix this and then, but also. Beat wise, how do I still make it relatable? So yeah, I could take these Afro house joints I'm working on, or the Latin house joints I'm working on, and still play them all in a set. Right. Because um, for me as a DJ, like it's about playing the stuff that I'm that I love. Yeah. You know, I think I think earlier in my career, like I caught myself playing a lot of like top forty and yeah. here, let me kind of people please. And I know you again. It's about the people, so I'm not gonna take it take it away from that. But yeah. right now in my career, I want to play shit that I love. Yeah, I want you to feel me yeah. when I'm playing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that that's what people love too in the audience. I mean, that's where the genuine connection yeah. will come from. You yeah. know, and the genuine, like you said, the community. I mean, that's how the community is built: is the trust between both sides and the. Yeah. Oh, people like this like stuff like this. And I'm people like this. So am I. Oh, we're all together. Yeah. You know, it's like that's what creates that like bond where we're like you yeah. trust each other musically and yeah. then everything else grows from that. And then you end up Dirty Bird Festival and these things that can happen yes. every year. That everyone just comes and like yeah. it's music is the centerpiece of it, but it's so much more, you know, and right. it's the community, like you said. And that's the longest lasting stuff in music and in all culture yeah. type of things. Yeah, it's been really impressive. I mean, you know, Claude Von Stroke, you know, is now playing Insomniac events, and right, he's they've built this company from, you know, family based kind oh, of yeah. homey thing. You know, I mean, Dirty Birds, what? It was, must be over twenty years old. I bet some probably something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember from well, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. And he does a Barkley Crenshaw. You know, dude, he's going like, into his bass era. I'm so, I'm jungle. actually really excited about that. I played yeah. at. Last time I was a do-over, it was me and him back. Like, I played right after him, I think. And he nice. was playing, like, yeah, like, drum and bass and, like, all yeah. kinds of crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, it was dope. I'm really excited for that because I think, I mean, like you mentioned, like, some of the tech house stuff is getting very redundant. Yeah. A lot of people are doing it right now. But I'm very excited to see, watch, he's going to flip up. And it's going to give me an outlet to go do that, too. Yes. And, and make that type of music because he's going to move a culture for sure. Around what he does. You I know? agree. Um, yeah. So with the, I, again, I just love the diversity of where the DJ is at at the moment and where, yeah. like how many different things we're able to do. Right. You know? 
You mentioned earlier, like when you were in LA, that people like um, Edwin, DJ Phenom from yeah. DJ City, and White Shadow, and who were yeah. just hanging with out there, um, that they were they would help you out down here. Um, yeah. Can you talk more about like your experience down here, with man? Them? So about. It was like when the twerk era was really happening. The twerk and Moombatone stuff was really starting to pop yeah. off. And I was like the kid in the Bay. You know, I think I just heard like DJ Snake's like Bird Machine. Right. And I was like, what the heck is that? Like these be- that beat sounds like all the beats I'm making in hip hop. Yeah. But it's got these blip- this blippy stuff on top. All right, let me try that. Yeah. So I started doing that. And uh, again, I, w- I do this remix with Jay Espinosa. We took Shake That Monkey and he said, I didn't even like understand what record pulls were at that time. Right. But he, I think Jay sends it into DJ city and it charts on DJ city. And he's mm-hmm. like coming back to me like, bro, look at like DJs are, f- they're effing with this. Yeah. Like, um, and I'm like, dude, this is nuts. So I start coming <laughs> down here and I'm like, who is, who are the guys behind DJ city? Let me right. go figure this out. Yeah. And so I, f- I finally end up getting in contact with Phenom and he invites me by the DJ city office. That's how I met Anthony and, um, you know, um, again, all yeah, the, all everybody. the crews. Yeah. Right. Um, all the editors and stuff. That's how I started building my relationship with them. And eventually I got to move out here, you know, yeah. um, white shadows started throwing me in some, some sessions and Edwin started throwing me some sessions with DJ chronic. Oh yeah, so he was like. I just talked to him yesterday. He was in Vegas right now working. I don't know what he's doing. Something with he's like little John. Yeah, he's like you sick cut. Yeah, 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 you sick cut. But bro, I love him. Like so, great. I I moved out here and and dude, they're booking Paramount Studio for us to make beats, and I'm like, yo, are you serious? How much is this per day? Right. And then um, but so me and Chronic are making a bunch of beats. All of a sudden, I'm up at White Shadow's house, and DJ Tay James walks in. It's Bieber's DJ. Yeah, yeah, he was two, he was on two weeks ago, actually. <laughs> bro, I mean, bro, Tay hit me. We got to reconnect. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't really talked to the, to him since then. Uh, yeah, yeah, you should. We were just uh, he was just on two weeks ago. We were re, you know, talking about everything and again, dude. So. But you know, he takes this beat pack and goes back and gives it to Bieber and Pooh Bear. And like a month later, I'm getting hit. Edwin's calling me. I'm I'm at I'm at dinner with Crisco Kid, and we're having. Uh, Korean barbecue. Yeah. And um Edwin calls me. He's like, bro, Bieber just cut to, to a record you guys did. Oh wow. I'm flipping out, bro. <laughs> this is like the only artist my mom has ever heard of that I've worked with. <laughs> <laughs> but sadly enough, like it just got leaked. Okay. And it like it did really well on all the blogs, but we didn't make the album. Right. But it was still like... A, I'm sure that happens. But I mean, that's still a huge moment and a big encouraging thing for you. It sent me all over LA. I got to meet so many people yeah, through that. That's you huge. know, um, so But that was like such a... It's kind of like crushing that was at the time. Because then... Because mm-hmm. I'm like, damn. like, and But that's when I knew I needed a team. That's when I started having friends reach out. Yo, it's time for a team. Yeah. You got to get sunk in now. Right. Obviously, some of the biggest artists are hearing your stuff, liking it, making music to it, but you don't necessarily have an organized enough team to push it through, yeah. or even if it was going to happen, what would you do, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's how I got connected with them, um, you know, and again, my admiration for them has been, you know, through the roof. Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, now it's like, now I feel like it's like round two. Yeah. You know, it's like, cool, now I'm like, my foundation is set. You know, got my two kids. I'm done. I don't right. have no more kids. Shout out to my wife. <laughs> uh, you know, but now like I can, the work, now I feel like the real work really starts. And again, like it comes from this DJ 
background, this DJ mindset right. of like, all right, cool. How do we make people dance? How do we build community? How do we make yeah. sure we throw dope events or put together dope events and build, you know, build the parties and, 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 and the things and make the music and the remixes yeah. and the edits that people want to hear. Right. So yeah, that's where it's, yeah. These guys were so instrumental to my growth process. Cause I was, you know, my mid early to mid twenties, like I didn't know. I just yeah. was making music. Right. You know? Yeah. What what were some of your craziest like studio sessions that you can remember? Um, I mean, I know you've worked with all types of people from E40 uh, to Asha K, like you're saying. Yeah, but. um, we had a really fun, uh, did a fun record with uh, Walshy Fire from uh, Major oh, Laser with yeah. uh, a dance hall artist that I work with, uh, Blaka de Danza. Um, yeah, the E, uh, I mean, bro, too short. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually studio re- with too short. You know what's crazy. cool, and I'm hoping this this comes out this year because he recut. Blow the whistle for me. Oh wow! So I could remix it. Oh, and dope. so I'm working on a compilation project to hopefully get that out this year. That'll I mean, in, 20, in 2024. I mean, it's like that um, song you can play it anywhere, Vegas, whatever. Still, yeah. just kills it. And there's just a as big, yeah. And there's a bunch of like bootlegs on it, right? But, but no. hopefully, this will be the first like. I don't think, and, and I, I usually will mix in a remix of a song, but I don't think I have a great remix of Blow the Whistle. Yeah. There hasn't been one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> ready. It's stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's dope. Um, one of my friends, uh, Rome, he's a singer for Sublime. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of dope, like, just writing sessions with him. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I could probably go on for a while right. about this. But, <laughs> what about, um, like, um, when you were coming up, like, producers or DJs that you looked up to? I know you mentioned Jay Espinoza and yeah. Jazzy Jim and E-Rock and, um, yeah. you know, some of those people. Are there other DJs that you've looked up to or worked with or even just producers? Um, I mean, I'm really heavily influenced, you know, Diplo, Snake, Yeah, you know, so like those guys are like probably a huge, um, just influence on, Hey, you could be kind of multi-genre, yes. but still make great club music and festival yeah. music and just great songs. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's been an honor to, you know, meet Diplo a few times and know he's pl- supported some of the songs that we've done and yeah. now we got to do a record. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, dude? Let's go. Diplo. Um, Hit him up. But yeah, I mean, but, but, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you know, and of course the classics like Timberland or Pharrell, you know, grew right. up off guys like that. Yeah. Um, I'm blanking on his name. Why am I blanking on his name? The guy with the beard. Uh, Run DMC and Aerosmith, you know? Uh, oh, Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, mean, I'll, I can go back that, that, you know, that, right. Like that far because I think, um, making great music is about seeing or making music that moves people. I think yeah. you can make songs that kind of a genre will hit. People kind of do this, start doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. Yeah. And then you find these moments in music history where like this gets mashed up with this or this collaborates with this. Yeah. And it moves culture. It's it true. Moves the masses. Yeah. I'm interested in that. Like, right. You know how, how can I mean, we? I think you have a good mindset like that where even, like you mentioned in the beginning, you're working with a producer that is big in the African music scene, and you're like, look, I know what I can do, but I'm going to let you do that. I think that's a very Rick Rubin approach where yeah. it's some people want to be so hands-on and change everything and make every decision, but yeah. trusting the team and the people you work with and yeah. that openness is actually a talent you know to be able to let that go and then you are then you can take it and put your part on it but not trying to be the controller of all of it i think that's very important what they call it feng shui 
Uh, yeah, I guess. Right. So, yeah. Right. Let the energy flow. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's really important to understand like what you're great at and what you're okay at. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think when you have a skill set, um, or you're around music a lot, you can do technically everything, mm-hmm. but it's like, I'm not the best singer. Why I'm not going to start singing on all these songs, but, right. I, but I can write songs. Yeah. So let me find singers or let me, you know, Hey, I can, I can duplicate what, what, let's say magic is doing in Afro beats, but I don't have the heart and soul that he does. So let me right. do what, let me help where I can. Yeah. And if you look at the biggest songs, like, bro, there's like six writers and producers or eight on totally. like some of these big records. Like yeah. Beyonce had how many producers and writers work on her right. last album? Collaboration like, is the key to yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's, I learned that here. I learned that in LA. Mm-hmm. Like I really learned like, dude, your musical community um, is so important. Yeah. You know, being able to call a great songwriter or guitar player or even a DJ homie that's just like he's playing another genre than per se maybe you yeah, are. But he's an expert he's a, or she's an expert. Specialist. In that. Yeah, yeah. He's a specialist. Right. Yeah. What do you produce on? Ableton. Okay. Just yeah. strictly Ableton. Ableton and then I'll record and mix in Pro Tools. Uh-huh. Um so But Ableton's your go to, like open up, start the yeah. beat. Like how what's your process? Like how would you start? A song or a beat? Uh, I generally start with like simple drums because mm-hmm. I, maybe I don't know where I'm going yet. Right. But it just be like, you know, it's like it's like putting on the click track. Yeah. But then then you figure out the melodies. You know? Yeah. And, um, you know, White Shadow and some other guys have taught me like, dude, you don't need a lot yeah. to start a record. like, But you need to give the songwriter or, or if you're remixing, like you, you have the vocal and you kind of build around that. But you just need a couple elements to kind of get the vibe going. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's the thing. I think a lot of times, especially DJs, that's notes I've gotten back from other producers where I'm like, check this out. They're like, you're doing a little too much. Like, you try to add too many things, and you have to leave space for the artist to work with, right? Because there's going to be a lot more added onto it. You don't want to give them, like, a full cup. You know, it's like they have to be able to add in some ingredients and stuff. Exactly, because the voice is an instrument itself. Right, and you have to leave it open for those frequencies and all that stuff. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I know I, it's just the execution part, but yeah, I mean, yeah. that that's so interesting. And so like what, um, and it must feel amazing to be able to play your records now as the DJ in that thing. Like what are some of the events that you've been able to do that at? Um, so there's this cool party, uh, too deep has been, uh, he's, he's, uh, with Steve Aoki's camp. He, oh, okay. They got a party called Reggaeton Landia. Yeah. And it's like, it's huge here in LA and it's big in the Bay. Yeah. And that was kind of like a goal of mine, like shout out to them and the team, the social SF team. Like they invited me out to come and play, Dope. um, that this last summer. Nice. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a big Latin, like EDM party. Right. And so it was cool to like, you know, play, play records that I love, but then play some of like my, my yeah. Latin house remixes. See the crowd react. Yeah. And then, you know, the, um, the how weird street festival, like is a massive, like, you know, thousands of people on the street in San Francisco. And right. Like, you know, so to, you know, have the dirty bird guys rock and, you know, DJs that I look up to like in, in our community play and be able to, you know, do what we do there. And, you know, it's been cool. And then, you know, I've been able to play all the biggest nightclubs in San Francisco last summer. So it's been nice Amazing. to kind of get back out. And now it's this summer will be another test. To, right. Cool. All right. Now let's, cause before COVID I was doing like West coast tours, like, you know, Northern California, Vegas, LA, right. San Diego. Um, and then, you know, kind of pa- it paused, you know, COVID the world shut down. So yeah. I, I, 
I'm now eager to now get back into that for next year. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're planning. Do you have any like things that you put into every song? Like I know some producers are like, I always need a guitar running in it or like something. Like, is there any like standard thing you use in all your tracks? Or are you just always open to? I, I think it depends on the genre, but I'm a big bass guy. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. So like it has to have bass. 808s is yeah. like a big thing for me. Um, Makes sense. And I'm also like, and I have this debate with like some of my house producer friends. I like vocals, like some house tracks. They don't have any vocals. Right. I want something to sing yeah. or, or rap to or a, a word to catch on to. Yeah. But it's tasting. Of course. Know? Yeah. But I mean, that's what makes you, you, you know, the yeah. Clayton William production. Exactly. Where'd you get that drop? <laughs> so I have a couple of them, but yeah, this last one is too short. Um, oh, okay, so dope. It's like Clayton, it's Clayton William, bitch. <laughs> no, that one, yeah. And then, uh, and then you have that other little low voice one, or it's like Clay, Clay, Clayton, yeah, Clayton, yeah, Clayton Wood. That's my boy Miller. Okay, because um, that, that's on the yeah. So the two short one I started using about four years ago, and then Little John just gave me one, so I'll probably start throwing that one in at least in my sets. I don't, I, yeah, he'll probably get mad if I throw it on my records, but <laughs> I mean, he's gangster grizzles, you know. Right, I don't right, know. Right, 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 right. <laughs> That made them, so yeah. you're allowed to do it. Yeah. But yeah, Uncle Two Short's been cool with the is and came at me yet for royalties or nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, I know, do they, get, do some people get royalties of having their drop? I have their, no clue. I don't, I don't know. So that's funny to think about. I know I was using my drop at this gig and people were like, is that just like an AI generated thing? And I'm like, no, it's Little John just saying my name. Right. I'm like pushing a button. They're like, right. oh, it's like right. everybody thinks everything's AI now. <laughs> well, did you see, did you see, um, I think it was a handful of months ago, like David Guetta, used, he did like an AI Eminem. Oh, yeah, I remember vocal. that. That was when everything was so AI will now take over. Fake Drake will win a Grammy. That shit is getting crazy. I had a meeting with this, uh, this producer writer um, yeah. up in San Francisco and he so he played a Drake record over a future based beat okay then he played a Kanye Rihanna um Kendrick song <laughs> and then like a Gucci Man J Cole song and these things sounded perfect and they're fake and I'm sitting here like dude who produced this this is crazy he's like oh I did he gets like six records in and Gazi's like yo tell him what you're doing He's like, he wrote it, he recorded the voice, and made the beat, and he knows how to do all the AI right. software stuff. And these things sounded immaculate. Oh my God. Is he the ghost guy on uh, TikTok? <laughs> I'm not going to throw his name out there because I don't know if he wants me to do that. But, yo, this guy is so amazing. And That's so nuts. to see, like, where this stuff's going. Right. And then, again, like, we walk in and White Shadow shows me this program. Oh, you could just... Tell it what genre you want. And what it'll is give you it? The like how? What's going on with that program? Are you allowed to say? Or? Soundful. Is what but how does it work? Like, what do you mean? You, you gotta just... ask him about okay. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a tech guy like that. Okay, um, but I know I need to learn it. But when you say you could just make a beat like that, what do you mean? Like you say, hey, give me a baseline that sounds like another one bites the he dust. Said, or he like, said. He said. Okay, so he said it asked you a few questions. What genre do you want to make? So okay. I, this, the first one that was there was like slap bass. So I'm thinking like, okay, this might be like some Tiesto shit. And then you click the next button. What, what key is it in the, the mood press generate like a minute and a half went by or and then I titled it. So I'm like, all right, white shadow, this is our first beat together. And I titled it Clayton and white shadow and then generate. Right. And it spit out this track. That's not like, um, well, you typed. So it, it's text to music. 
bro, this is like a vibe of like, let's get down to business. Tiesto and, uh, yeah, like Tiesto and Tied All the Signs record. Right. So I just used it for the first time like an hour ago. So I still got to go through right, it. Right, we don't know. But yeah. he's been telling me about this for like two years. Right. And then so to come up here and then finally use it in front of him, I'm like. Oh, man. All right. I got to. All right. This shit's crazy. What, well, what there's there's AI vo- vocals that is becoming a thing. Yeah. There's now AI beats that sound phenomenal. Now, I still think there's going to be a level of like. there. Like you're gonna get generic outputs, right? So because I want, I don't, I do see it as still a bit of a novelty. Not what you're talking about with White Shadow, but in the, yo, I got the Drake song thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like that got hyped for a minute, but is it really gonna be taking uh, over the game? The the fake Drake, know. not necessarily the fake all the other things. But I don't know. But I heard they're gonna do like a Michael Jackson album with it. Right, I heard you know something dope. I heard probably gonna go take the do a beat. But I, but I also album, just you know? heard the DOC's making a whole album, and he lost his voice in the ax, you know, in an accident like thirty years ago. That's and cra- so he was like, "I feel blessed. Like this is like, like he's like God works in mysterious ways because he's like thirty years later, I am now able to actually put out an album with my old voice using AI, and I'm gonna write it all and say it, and then the AI is gonna do it. So yeah." Damn, in, I never in thought of his that. Inflections, like yeah. how he would do it, and he's the, the one yeah. making it, and it's him. Yeah, yeah, so it's not someone else bootlegging him. So that's kind of cool, you know. There'll be things yeah. that we never would have thought of, and probably yeah. good use cases and bad use cases. You yeah, know? for sure. And just like everything else, you know, right? Like you're gonna have your good and your bad to all of it. Yeah, and now Grimes is like, hey, make a song, and I'll split the publishing with you or something. Wow. You know, you know, that's crazy. Um, but I mean, I guess like from what I've been hearing internally like it'll probably become like a cosplay type of genre mm-hmm. if that makes sense you know right people will go up and dr- go and dress like star trek forever you know well yeah. now producers and writers can mimic their favorite artists interesting yeah i mean that's how they're kind of making it out but i mean i'm being told like laws are being written about this right now so yeah it will be eventually monetized but like the artist might take a very heavy royalty you know, well, just like when you sample a song and then sometimes you hear like, oh, I made this hit song, but I got zero percent right. because they took everything. Right. But I got famous from it. But that's right. it. So right. it could be something like that, you know, yeah. it's like, all right, you can use my voice, but I'm going to take 100 percent, you know, yeah. Yeah. or like I forget there was some song. Yeah. Some groups you think they make all this money. It's like, yeah. no, the person that owns the original song took 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. Well, now let me ask you this on the flip side. How do you feel about technology in the DJ world? I'm cool with all of it. I mean, I I utilize it. You know what I mean? I mean, I yeah. I um I think that like I utilize um I was trying to use Chat GPT playlisting services, you know, for gigs. Let's say I'm doing a certain private kind of gig, you know, I'll type in, yo, can you make a playlist like this, like this, like this? Like I'm not going oh, to use 100% shit. of it, but I'm going to use like, like I did this party electric feels, you know, I know all the music from that. I came up in that world. I have it, but I'll still ask AI to help me make a playlist. Cause even if they think of three songs, I never would have thought of right. out of 300. That's still good for me. And then that sparks me going down a hole of, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's this song. This song. Yeah. That's so cool. that's cool. That. Um, Spotify, all these different services have really good, you know, sounds like this type thing. So when I'm doing a gig, I'm like, 
okay, let's um, or or even if I hear a new song, like let's there's a new. I mean, we're talking about Afro House. You know, there's this. I I don't know how you say the group like like Le Goot or something like. Um, but like <laughs> it was like this song, uh, French or no Rampa or something. You know, it's like it's like this cool kind of. Mm. Like this is, you know, and I was like, okay. And I played this at a gig and um, everybody was kind of like dancing and loving it. And I didn't have that much more stuff to follow up in that vibe. It's 120. It has right. those like, right. you know, almost like that vibe. It's this Afro housey, you know. Yeah. And so I then plug that into all the different sites, you know, from beat ports to Spotify's to like see all the related things and then cool. go, oh, okay. You know, 70% of the stuff I got back probably doesn't work. But damn, that one song does sound like it. Okay, now that's in with it. And then I start to utilize those just... It's almost like a friend. It's like when I used to have DJ friends, yeah. but I have an artificial intelligence friend. Yeah, that's... I mean, I like how you relate to that because I, I find myself getting stuck in that sometimes. I'm like, oh, I really love this song. But I like to go into vibes. Right. You know, so I don't want to just play one song and then go get off the vibe. Right. So you need the consistent, hey, let me at least get three... Three or so yeah. records in that then space. Then I can just do that space. Then I can, okay, then yeah. I'll go in the disco house or yeah. something, you know, that yeah. I know I have 20 songs like that and it's dope and I know how to, the ones that'll make the people go crazy. Yeah. But when it's a new genre and especially like I do so many private events and these Netflix things and all this stuff and they'll be very specific. So like I did the Barry, you know, fourth season premiere for HBO and it's inside of a cemetery and it's about killing people and like all these things. And I want to, I get all the songs from the show, but they don't want me just to play all the songs from the show. So then I use those, I make a playlist out of them and then I'm using songs that are adjacent to it and the same vibe or, right. you know, stuff like that. And right. then, um, I mean, using the, the Netflix, um, like, like, you know, example, like I was saying, I just did this event for them on the golf course and they gave me access to like their back end system of like how they use this uh, library music and their shows. Right. And they had some crazy AI stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I was able to like drag in YouTube videos and it would help me find uh songs sound like it, or I could type in, I need an Epic theme song for a sports show with um, horns and drums that sound like, a hip hop old school nineties from the roots. And like, you know, just the more you can describe, then it would try to get it. And like, sometimes it wouldn't, but, or you'd find one song like it, then I could expand on that song. So yeah. I feel like it's just a, an, an, another tool in the same way that beat source is another tool for me. Like right. if I'm going into an Afro beats mix and people are loving it and I played the four Afro beat songs that I know kill it. <laughs> I go in the beat source, Afro beats, a playlist that D James made because he's an expert on it and right. he has those songs in there edited. So I'm like, thank you, Beat Source. Thank you. So any extra tool I can use, I will utilize. I think you know. And so I like it. You know, I don't. I don't think it's an end all be all. You don't have to only use one thing. Only use that thing. It's not like right. I don't think it's going to take over. There's something to a human that we can read the crowd and we can be versatile. I don't right. think the AI knows how to be versatile, I, you know? I, and I think that everybody that's so worried about, oh, it's going to take over. I think it can do a very good job at learning how to do a thing and doing it and acting like a human doing a thing and giving you all the information and like all the stuff that you might forget about on the fringes. Yeah. But I don't think it could handle a curveball, you know? Right. And I don't know how they could build that into it. And I think that's the right. beauty of a human being producer, DJ, musician. Right. 
things happen in the world and you have to be able to adjust to that shit, you right, know? Right. And I don't think an AI could do that. And, and maybe they can show me that it can, but I've never seen anything that would be right. able to do that. So that's why I don't really feel any job uh, insecurity, insecurity at the moment, right. <laughs> even for producers where it's like, yo, it can do anything. It's like, right. okay, put it in the studio with Fireboy and then see what it does. You know what I mean? Right, right. You, you need you there, you know, things right. are going to happen that right. are, and your musical knowledge as a human, I think is more nuanced and different. Even if the AI knows more stuff, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it doesn't have that X factor that, that Clayton William has, you yeah. know, and yeah. that DJ spider or that someone will bring to the yeah. table. Yeah. I think your, your taste, your flavor. Yeah. And yeah. just your experience and stuff. So maybe yeah. it'll get there one day, but I wonder if, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It, it's been cool to see it all yeah. move or move <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and experiment with it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I just kind of keep watching and, and, you know, definitely get surprised. I, I saw the scarier thing is the videos. You know what I mean? Like, I like, I, you know, I don't like. Are, don't, you, are you getting those emails where it's like, it's your homie, but it's not, it's like I a mean, cartoon or animated version of them telling you what's going on? Uh, I haven't got that. Oh, dude, I've gotten some of those and it's a trip. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I just saw like my friend sent me. He's like. I can't even explain what he does, but a lot of cool graphic things and just creating campaigns. And he was showing me with that Unreal Engine. It's like um, how they build video games and stuff. But he was showing me this stuff, and he was like, look, within two years, you're not going to be able to tell if it's a video or if it's just some made-up thing. Because it looked real. It looked like this car had been blown up, and there was smoke coming off of it and fire. But then he's like, watch this. And then you could see the mouse going and moving around the smoke and doing the thing. But it was like watching a movie like for real i'm like yeah. i wouldn't have known that was fake until you showed me it so yeah. and the amount of people online already that are passing on stupid fake videos like look this is happening and it's like okay like it's we can't even tell anymore you know yeah. what what's going on yeah, so that's gonna and then the voices and yeah it's gonna get confusing you know and i think people tend to trust things that they see on the internet or anywhere within one second you know and it's like it's going to have to be like super fact check sites, you know, that are right. like, nope, that's a fake video, you right, know, right. and then people won't even believe that. But <laughs> right, right, it's crazy. I don't know. But I like it. I, I like all the technology. I think it's all can just help us in a way. Like I have visions of what there could be. A, like you said, oh, we're going to call a bass player over. But I feel like you could probably have an AI bass player that you can train as your assistant sure. and they can keep learning and learning. I mean. It could be like, oh, I've been training this AI for three years on different baselines, and they sit in on all my sessions and listen and see how I approach things. And then eventually it could give you 10 ideas, right? And then you choose it and then readjust the MIDI notes and, like, right. could be crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's probably being worked on already. has to be, right? <laughs> Otherwise, we need to make that and then right. get a billion dollars. But. Yeah. <laughs> Um, crazy, man. What, uh, what other, you got any like projects that you're working on coming up that you want to talk about or, um, we can't talk about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pretty, I mean, I'm excited about what's to come. I just right. got um, the opportunity where I'm going to a, a and R my first project. That's um, great. So, I mean, I'm stepping into new territory. Got to learn how to, you know, manage a little bit better manage my time and my relationships. Right. Um, yeah, I can't really 
say what it's what I'm working on yet, but I'm excited about it. Put it that way. Right. It's about taking all these relationships that I've been able to build over the last that's great plus years and finally utilize it. Yeah, kind of like a little dream project, right? You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, right now it's more so. You know, I'm excited that this Afro House project is out. Um, yeah, it's great. I'm always dropping remixes and and dropping content. I'm trying to get better at this whole content creation thing that right we're expected to do every day. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah, um, totally. So that's been a learning curve, but I've kind of taken this little, you know, this this time off to kind of, you know, hone in like what that's yeah. going to be, whether it's, you know, coming up with DJ routines and, and making that a consistent thing or production remix tips or, you know, just trying to really find like that groove online. Yeah. Um, and then outside of that, really kind of hone in on, you know, where I want to be next summer and, and how to start working toward that. Right. You know, and, and again, like I look at DJing as a platform for the projects that I work on and the artists that I work with. Yeah. You know? So it's really like as much as it's about these visions and these ideas that I think like we've all been given, I still look at it as a tool in a way like how do I service my team, my community? Yeah. You know, and give the, give people a good time, you know? Right. How do we put together a great show? Yeah. You know, so that's where my head's at for next year. That's dope. And, and I mean, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but it seemed like you said a lot of the people in empire have DJ backgrounds, which we've talked about it on other episodes. Like, do you feel like being a DJ, what type of skills do you think, or I guess what advantages do you think DJs have working in the music business in an A&R role or other roles? You know, how do you think that helps them? I mean, one, you, you, you understand music and groove and sound different yeah. sounds and, and what makes people move. Right. And I think, I mean, I think that's kind of like the factor, right? Like yeah. when you understand how to connect music with a certain audience type of people and audience, then you can then rev like reverse engineer the music. Yeah. You know, like I think like when I was growing up, like whether it was like duck sauce or, or like, you um, you know, a dead mouse or cascade or even in hip hop, like, a you know, a tracks a million or a Rick rock or a Timberland or a Pharrell. Like when you hear their songs and then you see, but you get out there and you play their records. Right. And you see people react to it and you're like, oh, okay. Like, why does that feel the way it feels? Yeah. And so that's kind of like the engineer brain in me, like the producer brain in me is like, right. I'll, I've studied so much music because of the ability to love to play for people and mm -hmm. then use that DJ understanding yeah, to kind of how to, re how to reverse engineer a record and, Oh, this is why it works. Right. You know? Yeah. So, I yeah, I think sense. that's a good way to, good way to put it. And yeah. what about like when you, I think something that's hard for DJs that are trying to go into being producers, I know you've done it like sort of the opposite way, like you said, but is that almost like rejection factor, like, or insecurity factor? Like how do you play something for people Without feeling like, oh, God, are they going to like it or not? Or like that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, the insecurity part is one thing. I think you got to get over that and you got to test it, right? Yeah. But the real the real hurdle that I see is it's just production knowledge or production understanding. Yeah, okay. But most DJs that I'm, like, most of my DJ friends, like, yo, you got great ideas. So I've kind of been that conduit for some of, like, my DJ friends. Right, so it's good for a yeah. DJ to even link up with a producer like you, where, yeah. like, like we talked about yeah. before, where certain people have different strengths. And that yeah. that's what I do tell my DJ friends, like, yo, your ideas are dope. Oh, I don't know how to make it, or the drums exactly. suck, you know? And yeah. It's like, okay, we'll find someone that can help you. Right, and it might take them a week to make that idea. It'll take me an hour and a half. 
Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it. there's a production hurdle that definitely like as it, you know, being a DJ and then executing those ideas, yeah. it does take time for that. Right. It's that whole 10,000 hours thing. Yeah. Like I did that. I did, I did right. that shit, you know, yeah. but now it's like, but that's how I feel about now perfecting my, the art of DJing. Right. Like, or at least to the level that I want to be able to deliver and perform at. Yeah. Now I've got to make sure I put that time in too. So there's yep. no substitute for putting in the work. Right. You know, but then man, like I don't, I dropped out of college. I didn't graduate, stay in school, but <laughs> I go to YouTube university every day. Of course. Yeah. You know, Hey, there's this new production trick or this new like software that comes out or there's new, uh, you know, the new fucking mixer that comes out and it's mm-hmm. like, dude, I, you got to learn it. You know, you got to yep. adjust. Like I had this nightmare, uh, I, like during the summer cause, because I like my, like I got like my home setup is like, I got a pioneer, the, the SRT. Okay. And it's just comfortable to use. Like I, I love Serato, but I know moving into, especially jumping more into the dance world and playing more dance gigs, it's all CDJ based. It's all yeah. record box based. Right. So I had this dream and it hit me hard. Like I'm playing my first major festival and I didn't know the tools properly and I bombed. Oh wow! And then I wake up like literally like shaking. I'm oh, like crazy. I got my ass online. Like, like as soon as I got up, Ordered me some CDJs, like yeah. started studying record box more just to be prepared. Like there's no like substitute for like being great at your craft. Yes. No, it's so true. I know. Yeah. And uh, it's hard because I mean, the stuff's expensive, but it's like, and people are like, oh, I just use it at the club. But it's like, it, it is good to know the ins and outs you of all this to. stuff, you know, yeah. especially if that's what you're trying to make your life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think like, like I asked, I, I asked Diplo this one time, I'm like, how do you do all this shit? You run a label, you, you produce, boy, you engineer, know. you you DJ, you got all these side groups and projects. Right. And he's like, I don't. I have a great team. <laughs> right. Delegation. But, but look at how hard he's worked. Yeah. And how much time he's put in to all of these different aspects. Yeah. You still got to know it. Of course. In order to learn how to manage and delegate. Yeah. You know, and so salute to people who can do that at a very high right. level, you know? Yeah. I think at the end of the day and the lesson that we've learned on hundreds of episodes of this show is like, yeah. you can't do anything all by yourself. You can start it all by yourself, but you're not going to finish or get to the exact place you want to be, yeah. you know, and yeah. working with other people and finding like-minded people is going to be how you're going to get things to the next level, you know, yeah. and experimenting and you never know, yeah. you know, um, but you have to be willing to take risks, put yourself out there and work fail. with people. Yeah. And yeah. fail. It's like, but failure can't be looked at as the end. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm learning. This is another right. learning lesson. And that's the same with, like I was saying, like making beats and playing it for people. Like, what if they don't like it? Like what happened? Dude, it's, <laughs> it's funny. Cause like, if, if I ever introduce you to one of my childhood friends, I've known this dude my entire life, you know, like since I was one years old. Yeah. I remember playing him my first beats in like eighth grade. Yeah. He laughed at me. <laughs> he said, yo, you suck. <laughs> and fucking got out the car. And <laughs> you're like, I'm in eighth grade, bro. <laughs> And then now, like, you know, you keep going at it, you keep going at it. And now he's, now he'll call me and be like, bro, are we going on that G5 plane yet? (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not there yet. Just give me some time, but it's going to happen, you know? That's dope. So, yeah, it just goes to show like, you know, um, 
you have to follow your own gut and intuition. Like nobody yeah. can tell you where you're supposed to be and nobody can read your mind on what you want. Yeah. So that's where we got to dig deep and go in and like really understand like what do we want this? Yeah. Because it's going to take that much time to get right. there. That's true. I'm trying to be gentle. I've, I'm in this space in life. I'm trying to be like nicer to myself. That's You should be. I think when I was younger, like it was like, if I wasn't, you know, like you yeah. like really hard on your, like I was really hard on myself when I was younger, like, right. You know, to, to be great. I wanted to be so great. And then I get to a certain point where like, okay, now I don't feel like I have to prove as much. I just have to execute better. Yeah. And that's where the teamwork comes in. That's where like just being a good human comes in and, yes. and learning how to work with the feng shui we're given. <laughs> yes. You know? I know that honestly, I, that's very important. Like as simple as it sounds, like it's, those are almost hard things to tap into, yeah. you know? And I think it's really difficult when you're young, like everybody I started doing music with, they don't, they don't right. do it anymore. You know? Or they do. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Like there's certain friends that have still stayed around or, but it's hard or they've had to go do different things or yeah. do different things with music that I know is not their dream or stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's calling is different. Yeah, and everybody's time frame and path is different too. So, yeah. and they'll get inspired by different things. And like you said, yeah. you heard, "Oh, I can do that." You know what I mean? Yeah. They're making those twerk songs. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember seeing DJ AM or Mark Ronson going, "Wait a second, I'm not them, but like I know my yeah. part that I could play in yes, this." You know, yes. like, dude, Little John is in his fifties headlining Vegas. I, you know what I mean? Trust like, me. I mean, I met him. You know, I, I met him like, and so come on, like, yeah. The the expiration date is not yeah. what we think it is. Also, he had been a DJ, stopped, yeah. and then I remember I met him in New Orleans. Like it was the yeah. first home game of the New Orleans Saints after Hurricane Katrina, and I got booked to do the after party for Reggie Bush. And right. I went to the game, and then I went to the go DJ my set, and they were like, "Little John's here," and this was like 2007 or something, you know. And wow. uh, I was like, "Oh damn, I did this mashup, you know that that I always did with his song," and then ended up meeting him. And he's like, "Yo, I want to I want to learn Serato. Will you teach me?" Tight. And I went over to his house. I started showing him. Uh, I was like, "You can do this. You could do that." And he's like, "Yo, we need to start a group and and do all the stuff." So we made we had a MySpace page, and like we would we would do four turntable show. And we traveled all over, you know, America, went to uh, Mexico. And oh, like, we, shit. I had no idea. We no, made these CDs called Rock Box and we made an all 80s mix. We made an all rock mix. And I w- we did the opening at Tao Beach. We did like all this stuff. And I would tell him, I was like, you could be like a huge DJ in Vegas, like almost like Fat Man Scoop, but wow. you have the vocals, but you also have the DJ skills. And I would yeah. come, like, I remember the first time I went over, I showed him, I gave him all the acapellas, I showed him how I was doing the mashups. I came back and he was like, I put red hot chili peppers over this beat. And it's the craziest thing ever. And he was like, it was like when I had first done it. And he was like, so hype. And like, yeah, we would link like every night almost, you know, and we would DJ all night, like until the sun came up making these crazy mixtapes. I have them. I'll I'll play for you. Like, they're not the greatest, but you know. But that's so cool. Like how you played a part in like his growth. And yeah, he still gives me props. Like when I hear him on, on, uh, you know, interviews, he'll tell this story too. Yeah. And like, and yeah, he helped me so much. And yeah. I was like, what the hell? Little John wants to talk to me. Like, That's there's legendary. no way. Oh my God. That's crazy. He's so funny. Yeah. Every time I see him still, he's like, oh man. Did yeah. you do Blink-182 also? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do, I do 
like a drum DJ thing with Travis Barker, like whenever he calls me to do Dude, it. You're the fucking you know? goat. How do you go from <laughs> Blink-182 to fucking Little John? But wow. I got to open for them for the summer. Like 2016, yeah. for three and a half months, I opened for them like every show, that whole tour. And That's I lived awesome. on a bus. Yeah. Did not know what that was like. I, I had yeah. toured at that point for 10 years straight every weekend of my life on an airplane. Never had I done a bus. Oh, wow. <laughs> like... And the way they described it, they're like, you're going to go, you know, you're going to leave your family. You're never going to be able to go home. And I'm like, come on. I'm like, look, I go home sometimes for eight hours and then I fly back out. Like, don't worry about me, you know, but they were totally right. So here's a question for you, because this is kind of like a phase in a career where I'm at. How do you go or decide on picking the right agency or partners (laughs) to help you with that? I mean, this is a constant question I get also through Instagram and hello, everybody writing me. You know what I mean? Like, imagine. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I suck at trusting people. So I'm trying to learn how to like. I'm with you. Open up a little you know, bit. <laughs> I think. I guess I just had a conversation with someone that like had blown up through uh, all this social media stuff. Right. So he has probably yeah. millions and millions and millions of followers or plays and all the stuff, you know. And Yeah. But he's in the Midwest and he's like, what do I do? How do I get a manager? How do I know how to trust people? All these things. And this person wants this. This person wants this. And I said to him, look, there's no right answer. Obviously, it's you have to look at it like marriage. Like if you knew when you wanted to marry your wife, like these people, you're going to be in a relationship with them. You're going to talk to them more than your wife. You're going to get in more fights with them than your wife. You know what I mean? So you got to be able to get that feeling that you want to be in a relationship with them, you know, even if it's not, (laughs) if it's just speaking, but it's like, you're in that type of thing, but also you don't know. So don't set yourself up in some crazy contract where you're going to be fucked, but like, it's an investment. Like, cause they're like, I don't know. I don't want to give them 10% or 20%. And then like, what the hell? And it's like, you know what? Like you think all these VCs people in San Francisco, like they invest tons of money. They lose 90% of it, but they might make money in the other one. So you're investing in yourself. And to me, it's like, if you, let's say work with someone for a year even, and you give them 20% of all your stuff and nothing comes out of it, that sucks. But also, so what you, you invested 20% into this business that you tried to start that didn't work. And now you're still going, you still have the talent, you're still keeping it moving. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but look at it like an investment in a way, you know, and a hundred percent of nothing is still nothing. Right. You know, you never know. Or 50% of a lot. And they're like, I don't want to give the people. I mean, you have to give them the money. You have to invest. You have to make them feel like they're, it's worth it for their time as well. So It's just taking risks, I guess, you know, and talking to other people in the industry and go, oh, do they have a bad reputation? Are they good? Do I get along with them? You know, um, are the people that are saying they have a bad reputation? Is it for ulterior motives? Like, it's just hard. There's so many things to weigh. Right, right. So there's no right answer. I've worked with a bunch of different managers and and booking agents, and there's always been pros and cons. Um, But at the end of the day, like you said, being... Trying to find a person that is a good human and a trustworthy person is right. really a good backbone thing to go yeah, with because yeah. that's hard to find, especially in our world, you know. It's interesting you say that. <laughs> you know, um, you want to have people that you can trust, you yeah, know, and that's course. really hard, you know. And that's what I think, The like, one of the biggest, the hardest shifts for me to understand 
is I came into this with just such a genuine love for the art yeah. and the craft. Right. Then learning how to transition this shit and make it a Ugh. living and turn it into so a true. business and learning how to develop business models around this, around your it's probably one of the hardest stuff. things for all of us, the people that yeah. got into it for the real music yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and to, to go into the business side yeah. of it. You know, there's people that just are from the business side and then it's kind of easy for them because like, yeah. I don't really care about music. Yeah. I just want to make yeah. money. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it is. And that's what I love like again about like the team I I work with at Empire is like I think we all come from that space and then yeah. and then I mean even like Gazi was an engineer producer artist at one point in time and all the way down. Right. But I noticed everybody he's bringing in on the team is also an entrepreneur. Okay. So that's very interesting to yeah. like I, I, we have this interesting dynamic of that. So it's like there's nobody necessarily micromanaging. Like nobody micromanages what I'm doing. Yeah. But they're all trusting that I'm doing what's best, not only for the company, but for myself, for my team. Yeah. And I really like that process as well. Right. Um, but I can imagine, you know, like, yeah, you gotta be around the right people, the right. Yeah. Cause out uh, LA, you already know LA is a whole other model. It's a whole, Oh, other that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, every night I'm DJing, I mean, I'm getting, yeah. you know, there's people offering you business ideas or saying they know this person or, they're getting you free MacBooks or like, I don't know. There's always some stupid thing, you know what I mean? And then you can yeah. see like the cocaine trickling out of their nose, but <laughs> <laughs> you're like, please yeah, stop man. talking to me. You know, it's like, yeah, like you can tell them, like, yeah, they're so hyped. Like, oh my God, I love you. You know, you're like, okay, right. you're taking it too far. Like right, you're right. on drugs. Yeah. But <laughs> there's how, like, how was that Molly? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, come on, let's talk in the morning and yeah. see how you feel. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just that. And just like, Anything else, just and then if it doesn't work out, you're on to the next. And, um, but yeah, trust in your own skills and your own like quality as a human being, how you've tra treated other people and you know, like situations in your life. And if you know you're good and then you link up with other people, you know, yeah, but there's no right answer to it all, you know, and right. and it's all crazy timing and stuff like that, right. Um, cause even with little John thing, I remember I was saying, Hey, you should sign up my manager at the time. I was like, yo, he's going to blow up, like do all this stuff. And they were like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then he goes and signs off, you know, with scam. I wasn't with scam and like, I'm cool with everybody, but it was yeah. like, it's a funny time, you know? Yeah. It was, uh, but yeah, John, John's the goat. He's like, he's just so passionate about it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And he's a real pro to work with. Oh yeah, um, I got to learn a lot, like working on this pro last project with them. Yeah, um, the meticulousness, the attention right. to detail, you know, and it made me want to like, okay, cool, like everything about my craft. It's like, okay, let me sharpen this, let me sharpen right. this, let me sharpen this, because that's what he, yeah, that's what he's doing, and, that, and that's at, where the at, practice comes and in at the stage of the game that right. he's in, you know, yeah. He's at the stage where songs he made 20 years ago are coming back again and being remade and sampled and turned into hits again, bro. Crazy, right? Even the J Balvin song just came out, right? Yeah. And it's like an up tempo, yeah. Latinish, almost I'm a piano ish. Yeah. It's like everything ever with yeah. dun, 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 under it. You How know? did Cali get involved in that? <laughs> How does Cali get involved in anything? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he yells his name. Right, right. No, I mean, he's connected, you know, relationships, like yeah, you said. But yeah. I mean, they performed it at the F1 uh, launch last night. Yo, great record, though. And he yeah. was wearing the craziest thing I've ever seen, yeah. <laughs> Jay Balvin. It was like a 42 XL <laughs> jacket. <laughs> like, it looked like a cartoon. Like, Damn. he was wearing, like, a fireman outfit that was made for, like, 
Victor Wembignana times a hundred. Like it was like the wow. biggest thing I've ever seen. That's but cool. I figure maybe he's trying to go viral off people just like taking pictures of it. Right. Um yeah, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So and that's the thing with music. It, it's infinite and it goes on forever and it's cyclical yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, it's been so fun Bro. talking to you. Likewise. All that. Love How can it. everyone uh find you and keep up with you online? Um just Clayton William. Yeah, Clayton everywhere. William on Instagram. Okay. Um produced by Clayton William on on TikTok. I'm trying to build that thing a little bit more. Produced by Clayton William on TikTok. Yeah. Okay, dope. Uh, and Clayton William on Instagram yeah. and on Twitter. Yeah. Or Clayton X or whatever it's called. And then uh <laughs> shout out to Elon. <laughs> yeah. And then and and on Spotify and all that and on DJ City, look them up, guys. Yeah. Beat Source, all that. Um, you know, you you have got some really dope stuff on there that Thank I you, always download, play, and Thank you. you know, like I said, since the remixes you've been putting out, E Rock and J Espinoza and yeah. all those. Yeah, it's been a fun uh, ten year journey, and yeah, you know, it's like like we were just talking about, you know, um, it can go for as long as you want it to. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just getting started all over. I really think you are. 100%. I know you are. There's no yeah. question. And like 10 years, sometimes just the beginning of a lot of things. Yeah. The, the amount of all this stuff happens. And then the next 10 years, you don't even know. You know, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think it's great. You got your, your one-month-old baby, too. That yeah. gives you that dad superpower, man. Hell There's yeah. something about it yeah. that, like, it puts you to work, like, for real, that people don't right. realize. You know, you probably know from your other kid, but it's like, you're like, I need to make this happen for other people besides myself. Exactly. You know, and it just gives you that purpose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, into that. Yeah, dope. All right, yo, Clayton William, thank you for coming on the podcast. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Yes. And uh, we will see you. Have some good sessions out here in L.A. We'll see you in the Bay, and I'm, I'm excited to come see your DJ show, too. Hell yeah. All right, peace. Yeah, thanks, bro. All right, that was great. Thank you to Clayton William for coming in. You guys, go make sure you check out his music, check out his remixes, support this guy. He's doing great things, and he's only going to go up from here. The 20 Podcast is produced by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider. 